Lord. We love you. We thank you for what you're doing in our church, in our world, in Houston, and right here in Hillsboro. And we invite you, Holy Spirit of God, to teach us the way of Jesus so that we can live his way and enjoy. And that's what we want, Lord, to enjoy life the way you intended. In order to do that, we say there are areas that we need to change. And we're asking you, Jesus, show us where we need to change so that we could be in tune with you. And we invite you to do that even now. In your name, uh, amen. First Sunday is so important because we're all together and we get to see our young people, our students. And we just want to let you know, students, we're thrilled uh, about your new school year. Your parents are happy for you to go and learn and stop eating all the food. And, and we're thrilled because this is a new opportunity for you. You don't know. You know, the rest of your life you can learn something. You could have some class or just study something that could change the direction of what you want to do for the rest of your life. So we don't know when you're going to get that. So we're going to pray at the end of our gathering before we go eat. We're going to pray for you because we want you to have the best school year ever. And that's what we're trusting God for. So we're learning to live by faith. And Hebrews 11 is a chapter. And young people, sorry, you've been studying something else. We've been looking at this one area where there's all these names of these people throughout the Bible who lived with a real faith in Jesus. This is a faith that they just didn't show up on Sunday. This is a faith that was lived out every day. And we want to learn from them so we can think about Jesus and, and live the way he intended. And so Hebrews 11 is our guide. Last week we looked at what, what faith does in our life. Today we want to think about what happens if today you choose to really follow Jesus. What will happen today? It happens to be the Sunday where we invite people to be baptized. Over here is a tank filled with water. And if you're a young person or not so much, the first thing someone does in the scriptures when they choose to follow Jesus is to walk by faith. How do you walk by faith? Jesus and his followers said, turn to him or repent, fancy word for turn, turn to Jesus and then be baptized, every one of you for the forgiveness of your sins. So today, if you say like, like today, I want to choose the way of Jesus, we're going to invite you at the end to actually act out what you believe and to be baptized. Could be an adult, could be a young person. That's what we're praying for. Well, we were looking at the life of Moses and we started last week and I want to pick up where we left off. So Hebrews 11, verse 27. Hebrews 11, and we'll start in verse uh, 28. Seven. It says, uh, by, faith, uh, by faith, Moses left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because Moses saw him who is invisible. And by faith, Moses kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. That sounds weird. I'll explain it in a bit. Don't worry. Verse 28, by faith, the people passed through the Red Sea on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. Uh, we're looking at Moses and the people that God sent Moses to help rescue out of a really bad situation. They were slaves. Moses and the people of Israel. Now, if you missed last week, we're building on it. So I'll just give you a, 
a little cliff notes, a little highlight, and then you can listen to the whole teaching online. Last week we saw thing, two things that, about what faith does. Number one, faith conquers our fears. Number two, faith shapes our choices. So when you choose to follow Jesus, you're going to find that fear is real. Jesus is more real. Fear is great. Jesus is more great. He's greater. So if I have Jesus, it doesn't mean I'm never afraid. It means I have the creator living with me, and I don't have to let fear rule the way that I think. Jesus can help me overcome fear. Have you found that to be true? And the second thing is that that faith in Jesus shapes our choices. When I learn about him and I think about my own life, I start to evaluate and say, wow, I'm doing this and it's not going so well. Oh, this is what Jesus teaches. If I go his way, it will be better. Not always easier, but the way of Jesus is always, always, always better than our way. And so th those are two things that it does. Now, what I want to look at today very quickly, because I know the smell of Mexican is in the air, Mexican food, and I, I, I feel it up here. I don't know if you feel it over there, but I'm ready for a burrito. Three things that we're putting our faith in. When we say putting your faith in Jesus, what does that mean really? Three things that we're putting our, our faith in Jesus to do. Number one, write it down. We're putting our faith in God's power. Let's just say it together. Putting our faith in God's power. I have faith in God's power. That's what we learned from Hebrews 11. Look at verse 27 again. By faith, Moses left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Moses leaves Egypt two times, not once. Two times. One, when he's younger, he's about 40, and he sees his people are suffering. He steps in to help his people, these people called Israel. And that goes against Pharaoh. He's from Pharaoh's house. But now he goes against Pharaoh. Pharaoh is angry that his own son is disobedient. But he says, no, these are God's people. I have to help them. And so he leaves. And the writer of Hebrews says he does it by faith. In other words, Following God will cost you everything. Following Jesus really means giving everything. I give you all my life. I'm letting it go. A living sacrifice, no longer my own. You just sang it. All I am is what? Yours. It doesn't mean that we do it in reality because we all hold on to stuff. But what Jesus is saying to us is living by faith means saying, God, my life is yours. This world is yours. Whatever I've got is yours. I want to I go your way even when someone else doesn't agree. So Pharaoh disagrees with the creator God. And Moses says, I can either follow Pharaoh or I can follow the creator. I'm going the creator's way. And that's the challenge for you and me every day. To live by faith is to trust that God's power is is more powerful than the culture. It's more powerful than what everyone else is doing. It seems like if I do what everyone else is doing, I'm going to thrive until it conflicts with what Jesus says. And you and I, to live by faith means we're saying, Jesus, I believe you have the power to lead me and guide me and get me to where I need to be, even though Moses leaves it all. By the way, some of us forget what it cost him. He was a leader he lived in a great house. He had all the chariots. He had a sh personal chef. 
I'm sure. He had the best doctors. He was in charge. When he chose to follow God, what does it mean for him to have faith in God's power? He had no home. God guided him to a place to live. He had no job. God gave him a, a, a new job and a new opportunity. He had no family around him. God surrounded him with people, and they became his family. God gave him a wife. God gave him children. And, and here's what you need to know. When you choose to follow Jesus, it may look different. He went from a palace to a tent. He went from being the leader to a leader of dirty animals. He went from being the son of Pharaoh to working for his father-in-law, which is no sweet deal. I'm sorry, I don't care what you say. It's, it's not, he had a hard job working for his wife's dad. And, and it's, now, he was in Egypt, the place everyone wanted to be. And now he's in a dirty hill country in the middle of nowhere. Everyone looks at Moses and says, you're a loser. When you choose to follow the way of Jesus, the culture around may say you've lost, but God says you win. Faith in God's power to do everything God tells you he wants to do. So Moses leaves Egypt knowing God was going to use him to help bring these people that are in trouble to safety. And it seems impossible. But when God shows up, Moses has the power to go God's direction. So God tells Moses when he's out in this desert little town, Moses... And he shows up in the form of a bush that's not burning. It's like amazing. And he goes, wow, take off your shoes. This is holy ground. God's saying like, I'm here. And God says to him, I want you to go to Egypt and tell Pharaoh, tell the boss, let my people go and worship me. Do you realize how hard this is for Moses? They want to they kill Moses in Egypt. And God says, I want you to go back. I've got something for you to do. And when you choose to follow Jesus, he may tell you to do some things that are really hard in your own strength. That's why we don't celebrate Moses. We celebrate God who leads Moses. And when you follow Jesus, everything is possible for you. Everything. God could do anything in your life. Why? He has all power. And, and everyone else may say, you'll never, you'll never, you'll never, you'll never. Well, that may be true in your own strength. Moses has no money. He's got no friends who are going to help him. He's got no good name. But he's got God on his side. And friend, if you follow Jesus in school this year, it may seem like everyone's against you. It may seem like no one understands it. But if Jesus is with you, Jesus is everything you need. So we're going to learn to grow by faith and trust that God has power. So this is the phrase that, that the writer of Hebrews tells us. Moses saw him who is invisible. He didn't, he didn't fear Pharaoh and what Pharaoh might say because he had a glimpse of what God is like. He had a sense of what God was doing in his life. And so for you and me, you know, I've never seen Jesus like face to face. But I've seen what he does, and I've experienced his presence. And so just like Moses, you and I can trust God over our circumstances and over our situation. You could be 13, 12, 85. doesn't make a difference. Today, when you get a glimpse of who God is and what God is like, as we look at Jesus, you can become a person that walks by faith. Now, what does it take Notice what it says in verse 
uh, 27. Moses persevered. Now, what in the world does that mean? Some of us think Moses leaves Egypt, goes to Midian, this dirty town, and then God says two days later, go back. No. How long is Moses out in this town? How long? Those of you who know the Bible. 40 years. He leaves when he's 40, and it's another lifetime. By the way, students, 80 is old, okay? And I hope you make it there and beyond. Eat your vegetables and listen to mom and dad. You're going to be all right. So, so a whole lifetime goes by, and God hasn't done anything in Moses' life. But I want you to see this. Moses, by faith, trusts God all these years where it seems like nothing's happening. But you know what? Students and parents, what you're going to learn is when it seems like nothing's happening, God's working on your life. For 40 years, God uses his job and his family and the situation to shape the way Moses thinks. By the way, he grew up in a palace. How is he going to guide people through a very hot desert? Guess what? God gives him a job for 40 years taking care of animals in the desert. And when he's faithful in these little things, like doing his job well, God says, aha, I've got a man that I can trust, not just with the animals, but with people. In other words, Moses learns to live by faith by doing what's right over time. You see, friends, God is interested in your character. God wants to shape your personality. God wants to shape the way you think and the way you feel and the way you live. And when God gets a hold of your character and begins to change your behavior, you, you become the person that God can use. Now, how long does it take? For Moses, it takes a long time, which is so encouraging for the rest of us. God's patient and God's loving and God's consistent and God's caring and God sees and God knows. And so don't you give up on God if you feel like he's not working fast enough. His process may seem slow, but he's got power. And he could rocket you back into the thing that he initially called you to really fast. And he can get the job done quickly if we trust in God's power. So Moses has faith in God's power. Now I'm here to tell you, Jesus has great things for you. Whether it's in the school year or whether it's in your job or in your neighborhood or whatever. Or just responding to the tragedies that are so prevalent in our world. It seems like you, you, can't, you can't even open your app and see the news without realizing, wow, there's another mess. And we don't know where the world is going. And we don't know what the next headline is going to be. But I don't have to live in fear and you don't have to live in fear. God has all power and he's shown it in Jesus if I'm with Jesus, I have everything that I need for everything that I need. Isn't that good news? And you get to eat Mexican food. Did I mention that before? All right. That was the first one. Now let's read verse 28 for the second thought. And we'll work our way forward. The second thing I, I, I see is in verse 28. By faith, Moses kept the Passover and the application of blood, which sounds strange, so that the destroyer of the firstborn, which is even stranger, would not touch the firstborn of Israel. Let me just remind you, we want everything now. God's the one who's being patient with us. The second thing I need to have faith in is faith in God's protection. Faith, faith in God's power, yeah, but faith in God's protection. Why don't you say it with me? Faith in God's protection. 
what happens is God sends Moses back. We know. He goes back. Does Pharaoh want to let these people go? Yes or no? No. Why? Free labor. They're working as slaves. Why would you let your slaves go? Then you're going to have to hire Egyptians to do the job that these guys are doing for free. So Pharaoh is saying, no, I'm not going to let them go. But Moses keeps hearing the same thing from God. You tell Pharaoh, I have come. Not Moses. God says, you tell him, God has come to set them free. Now Pharaoh gets in a fight with God. Let me tell you, young people and everyone else, you don't want to mess with God. Here's why. He's loving and he's kind and he's gracious. He's also the creator of everything and he always does what's right. So when you and I do things that are in the wrong, God has every right to step in and stop it. So what does God do? He gives Pharaoh ten chances to change his mind. Ten chances. Ten plagues come against. Terrible things happen in Egypt. By the way, the reason these things come, which sounds strange to us, is because Pharaoh is not worshiping the creator God. Pharaoh is worshiping these other gods, the God of the gnats, the God of the locusts, the God of the flies, the God of the river, the God of the sun. Pharaoh doesn't know who the true God is. And so what the creator does is he beats all of those gods by showing in a powerful way the creator is stronger. Why does he do it? So that Pharaoh would turn his heart back to the true God and worship him. But Pharaoh keeps resisting. So God sends another and another and another. And all the time Moses is saying the same thing. God has said, let these people go. He's got a plan for these people. Pharaoh, don't resist God. But Pharaoh continues to resist. Now, since, since Pharaoh won't listen, the last one is the most severe. This is really tough. If, you, if you're young or not so young, this one's hard to get your mind around. But who's the author of life? The creator. But Pharaoh believes that the other gods are the author of life. And so the creator says, this is what's going to happen. The firstborn of your animals and the firstborn in your home on the same night is going to die. They don't have to, but you're, you won't listen. So I'm going to show you that I have the power of life. And when I say life stops, life stops. And this is a tough one for us to swallow, but you got to know that God is trying to let Pharaoh in Egypt know that he's loving and kind and good, but you got to worship him. You, you can't worship these other gods. you you got to go his way. You can't live your life and resist him and think that everything's going to go okay. But here's what God does. There are these people who do believe in the creator who don't worship these other gods. God says to Moses, you tell them where everyone else is going to be sad, you're going to rejoice. Take a perfect lamb, spotless, you're going to roast it. You're going to eat it on the inside of the house. While everyone else is crying, you're going to enjoy a meal. I'm going to protect you. And here's the sign. When you go to cook this lamb, it's going to spill out blood before you roast it. Take it, put it over the door. And when death comes, it's going to see, oh, no, no, this, this one belongs to God. This one believes that God will protect them. This one belongs to the Creator. And death will pass by. Death will literally pass over you. 
your family will be safe. And you know what? God in that night protects every one of the families that chose to follow him. Now, again, this is a complex story, but it teaches us something about God. We can listen and live. Say it with me. Listen and live. Say it again. Listen and what? And live. If God gives us clear instructions, if we listen, we will live. You and I can trust God's protection. And in the end, the story of Moses and Israel is an invitation for you and I to once again trust that Jesus is the author of life and because he has come to rescue us, I don't have to be, a, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to worry about anything around me. God's protection is there. And if God is for me, he will bring me through. So the writer of Hebrews, and I'll throw this on the screen, gives a little explanation here before Hebrews 11. In Hebrews 9, 14, he says, How much more than will the blood of Jesus Christ, remember the little lamb, the perfect lamb, was a picture. They were going to enjoy the blessing in the house of safety because that animal had given its life. And because its blood was there, they were protected. It speaks forward to the work of Jesus. How much more will the blood of Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, who was the spotless lamb, who did no sin, who did no wrong, he gives his life willingly like the lamb lays down its life, Jesus lays down his life, not just to protect us from some angel of death, but to protect us from ourselves. You see, it's my sin, it's my rebellion that keeps me from God. God loves us. God happens to be perfect, but I'm not. And in order for God to bring me back, he needs to clean me up. And in order to clean me up, life for life. And Jesus on the cross gives his life so that if I'll just trust that what God did, he did for me, I can now live in a way that pleases God and be protected. How much more will the blood of Christ cleanse our conscience? You see, they were being protected from, from destruction around them. But God's protecting us from our own mind. Clean our consciences from acts that lead to death. Before I do something wrong, I think something wrong. That's how it goes. I think about it. I'm tempted. I say no, and then I do it. And so God knows what to do. He doesn't just clean our behavior. He cleans our mind. He cleans our heart. He cleans us from the inside so that we can follow him from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God. So God cleans us so that we can now be useful and we can follow his ways. You see, Jesus' life was given so that you and I can now worship him really. And no matter what we've done and where we've been, most of us here who've started to follow Jesus, we know this to be true. God takes us from where we were. He does the cleaning because we trust him to. And out of his love, he... He, he changes us day by day, week by week, month by month. And now we look years back and we realize, wow, look where God has taken me. That's the story of Israel. They're not perfect, yet God cares for them. And so we are like Israel and we're not perfect, but God cares for us. What am I saying? Trust Jesus and you will live. In the same way, Moses and all of Israel trusted God and they live. Okay, so two things we've seen so far. We put our faith in God's 
power. We put our faith in God's protection. The third one, and we're almost done. We put our faith in God's path. How do we know what to do? Look at verse 29. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. Now, I want us to notice a small change here. Up until this point, it's about one person. It's about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. It's about all these individuals. And now it flips. It's not just about these individuals. It's about all of the people. It goes from Moses, and now it's the people. You see, Moses learned to live by faith, but it's not just for pastors or leaders. It's for everybody. All of the people learn to walk by faith. They all listened to God's instruction and lived. And so if you've ever read Exodus 14, I encourage you to do it. It's one of the most bizarre and compelling, thrilling stories. The people, the angel of death passed over them. They're safe. They're rejoicing. All of Egypt is crying because they've seen death. At that moment, uh, Moses walks in, says, let the people go. He says, get out of here. So the people, all of them, they leave Egypt. They were slaves. They couldn't leave. God rescues them. They begin to leave. They walk out. They're rejoicing. And they go and they go and they go and they walk and they walk. And then Pharaoh says, what have I done? That was crazy. We're losing all of our free labor. And he changes his mind. And as they're going out, they hit a body of water. There's water all around them. And Pharaoh says, forget it. I'm going to go and I'm going to bring them back. And they get the word. Pharaoh is coming to take us back. And of course, they did what, what, what you would do. They were scared to death. Absolutely frightened. But look at what happens. Exodus 14, 10. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up. And there were the Egyptians marching after them. And they were scared. They were terrified. And they cried out to the Lord. See, Faith doesn't mean that you don't go through tough times, don't have scary seasons. It doesn't mean you're not afraid. It means you can respond differently in your fear. You could cry out to God. So they say, to the Lord. They were terrified crowds to the Lord. Moses answered the people, don't be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. In other words, they're not going to win. They're not going to take us back. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. What do you do when you hit a situation and you realize there's no way I'm going to win? They have no military. The water's at their back. The army's at their front. And they realize there's no hope. Moses says, don't you be afraid. Trust in God. God will stand up for you. I think, to me, this is one of the most profound differences it means to follow Jesus. People may come against me for whatever reason. The culture, my job, my school, my teachers, students, they may be against what I believe about Jesus. I don't have to fight them. It never pays to react in the way people react towards you. It never pays. I can trust that God will stand up, and if he sees that I'm in the right, he will fight for me. And that's exactly what they do. And God opens up. How are they going to get out? This has never happened before. How are they going to escape? You think God would say, he would push the army out and they would walk through and somehow be safe. No, God does what no one else can do. He parts the water behind them. Parts it in two. 
So much so, they walked across the water on dry ground. And someone would say, well, that's a poetic metaphor and it speaks to God's goodness. Friends, this happened. God, you say, well, I don't believe it happened. Okay, then you might as well say God didn't create the heavens. Because you're telling me that the God who made the sun can't push a little bit of bucket of water out of the way? Someone would say, that can't have happened. Well, if that can't have happened, then the earth and the universe couldn't have been created out of nothing. And that's exactly what the Bible says. God, in a fingerprint so that everyone can see it, pushes the water back. His people go through. And those who trusted him were safe. Now, by the way, those who went through thinking, oh, this is awesome. It's incredible. And didn't have any connection to God, they didn't make it. Those who had faith in God's power, those who had faith in God's protection, those who had faith in God's direction, his path. You see, it's not about coming and doing religious things. It is about receiving Jesus by faith and learning Jesus' way and following Jesus' path. Those who listen will live. What do we learn from Hebrews 11? I think it's real simple. Trusting Jesus makes a real difference. It makes a difference at school, and it makes a difference at home, and it makes a difference at work. And so everyone's going to go through tough seasons. Students, you're going to go through some hard times in school, maybe because some people are not following Jesus, and they don't behave like you do. Maybe it's because some things are said that go against what God has said. And Mao, who do I believe? Do I believe my teacher? But the Bible seems to say something, and I think this is true. Who do I believe? When you trust in God, it doesn't mean it's easy. But it does mean, just like Moses and Israel, God is there every step of the way. And you know Jesus, so you have God's power. And you know Jesus, so you have his protection. And you know Jesus, so he's going to show you the path. And so what I want to encourage you at the beginning of a new school year is when in doubt, yes, go to mom, go to dad, go to your aunt, your uncle, your grandparents, whoever's taking care of you, go to them for help. They're there for you. They love you. But even greater than them, Jesus is for you. And Jesus is with you. And Jesus can be called on in class, at the locker, at work, in your car, riding your bike. Jesus will always be there by faith. And if you belong to Jesus, Everything I just said is true. So, so how do we respond? We're going to do a couple things. We're going to call on Jesus together. But I think the first natural response out of this is to ask the question, do you trust Jesus now? I mean, I, all of us, like we're here at a church building and some of us read the Bible and some of us listen to music that's Christian in nature. But do you, are you trusting Jesus now? If not, here's the good news. God brought you here this morning to remind you of his love and to tell you things are not right between you and him. They're not because our sin keeps us from a God that's perfect. But out of his love, he already sent his son. And so because Jesus died and rose again to pay for our sin, we can come to him now and say, Jesus, I trust you. And he can change us from the inside out. We can repent and be baptized even today to show that we are the people that have been forgiven. And so today, the right response is to evaluate your life and ask, am I trusting Jesus now? 
Not like did I trust Jesus 30 years ago. Am I trusting Jesus now as the only hope for me to be put in right relationship with God? If you are, rejoice. If not, repent. And repentance is a beautiful word. It's simply, it's a Bible word. It simply means turn around, turn direction. I'm going away from God to repent is like, oh, that's not smart. I turn, I turn to Jesus and I say, Jesus, save me. I've got nothing, but I want you. If you do that this morning, you will be changed. You can be seven or 70. You will be changed by Jesus. So this morning, if you're ready to receive him, we want to give you that opportunity even here and now. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes, if you would, for a moment, because someone, young or old, wants to say, today, I want to follow this Jesus. I'm willing to confess to God that I have broken his law, I've gone my own way, and I don't deserve his love, but I receive it. And today, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me and change me and lead me and guide me. I will follow you. And if that's you here with no one else looking around, on the count of three, if you say, Jose, today, I've not done this before, but today, I want to trust this Jesus to forgive me and lead me and, and change me. And I don't even know how, but I want him to do it. If that's you this morning, on the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand up and look me dead in the eye. If you've already done it, keep your eye closed. Don't raise up your hand. But if you're ready to do it, hand up and look me in the eye so that I will know today you have chosen to follow the way of Jesus. One, two, three. If that's you, lift it up real quick so I can see it. And then put it right down over here. Cool. Yep. Here in the front. Cool. Anyone else? Quickly, quickly, quickly. Yeah, there in the middle. Awesome, awesome. Saw that. Anyone else? Just raise your hand up till I can see you. Oh, over there. Killer. You can put your hand down. Thanks. Anyone else? There may be someone. I'm sorry. It's a little hard to see. But we want to give you a moment to follow this Jesus. Fantastic. Those of you who have, if you're young and your mom and dad are here, when we sing this next song, I want you to tell them, hey, today I, I want to follow Jesus. In the back to you, you can put your hand down. If you're old enough, maybe 15, 16 and up, you say, today I chose to follow Jesus. When we open up the opportunity to be baptized with your family, I want you to come and tell this whole church that today you chose to follow Jesus. We'd love to celebrate that with you. All right, you can open your eyes. Now here's what we're gonna do to live this out. We have young people in, in this church that are about to start a new school year, whether you're going to uh, PCC or uh, Pacific or another college, or you may be going into kindergarten and you're here. What we wanna do now is by faith, pray for you, pray for this year, pray for your life, that this will be your best year ever. It may not be your easiest year. You may have to learn math. That's not easy for me. But your best year, because Jesus is guiding you this year, okay? So here's what I want you to do. If you're a student, only if you're a student, I want you to stand on your feet, and we're just going to pray for you. We're going to keep you there. Don't worry. You're not going to move. Just stand. Stand your seat. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I know it's weird. You're in college, and you're standing with kindergartners. Just relax. You were there too, okay? You were there. You were there. So... So young people, just look. You see, there are people with mustaches and beards who are still following Jesus and going to school. So you'll be there for a long time. Raise up, stand up. If you're a young person, 
Stand up. We want to pray for you. Okay. With those young people, if you're, you're around one of them, I want you to stretch a hand towards them. If you're related to them, you know them, you can put a hand on them. And in your own voice, in your own voice, just either with your hand stretched or your close ones touch, I want you to pray blessing. You don't even have to ask their name. God knows them by name. Just pray blessing over their school year. All right? The rest of us, do it now. AKA now. Like right now. Do it. Do it. Let's pray for these young people.